It's not Easter, but he's still alive. Amen. Amen. First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. Thank you for that special boy. I tell you, 
They work so hard every week, the choir and everybody, and just sets the tone for the message. And I praise the Lord for these people. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of them because I wish I could sing like them. And, uh, but when I get to glory land, I'm going to get a voice like that. And uh, a man asked me, I went to a service the other day and said, do you want to sing? I said, no, but if you let me preach, I'll take you up on that. And uh, God called me to preach, but I'll tell you, when I get to glory land, I'm going to sing and I'm going to have a pretty voice. I'll tell you, I, I can't play the radio without breaking it right now, but when I get to glory land, I'm going to get to sing about my master. And I do now. I mean, I don't really care what I sound like because he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Something a little different this morning, God led me to 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness." Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, fight the good, fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word today. Give me power, give me strength to preach it the way You designed it. And Lord, give all the hearers the strength to not just be hearers, but Lord, help us be doers this morning. Help us to be doers of Your Word. Save souls today. Draw the, the saved closer to You. We love You and we praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject. Why money can never bring contentment. Why money can never bring contentment. And I could rephrase that and simply put, why stuff can never bring contentment. Why physical things can never bring contentment. And the reason that I chose money there is because money is something that is very important to all of us. It is something that Paul addressed to Timothy in this book. And I want you to understand the reason this book is written. The Apostle Paul is writing this to a young preacher. And Apostle Paul is trying to write these things to give this young preacher some instruction. Because he wanted this young preacher to become the man that God had called him to be. And he wanted, Paul wanted this man to live to the fullness of his salvation, live to the fullness of the ability and the callings of God. And he wanted Timothy to thrive in the ministry. And I believe Paul simply said, if you're going to thrive for the Lord, if you're going to thrive in the kingdom of God and in the church, you're going to have to understand something. That money and stuff and things that this world has to offer will never truly bring you contentment. This word contentment means to be satisfied within oneself. Not long ago we talked in another place where Paul said that he learned no matter where he was to be content. To be content, to be satisfied. 
I believe sometimes in this world we find people that are running wide open trying to look for things to fulfill a natural longing. Isn't it amazing that we're born with a natural longing for stuff? For things, and we have this natural longing, and, and nothing in this world seems to bring true satisfaction or contentment. We're always longing, we're always looking for something. May I tell you, that longing comes from God. And while we fill that longing with junk, God's desire is for us to fulfill that longing with Him. And understand today that as God's people, Jesus ought to be enough. He ought to be enough. He can fulfill your hunger. He can fulfill your thirst. He can fulfill your satisfaction. I want you to know it's a privilege to be saved today. It's an honor to get to serve the King. It's an enjoyment to be able to worship Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, it's great to be saved. And if Jesus can't satisfy you, something's wrong. And I want you to know serving God and knowing God ought to satisfy our soul and it ought to be enough. Now, I want to share a testimony before I get in this. And I've prayed about this because I didn't want to share it because it's revealing stuff about me. But I'm going to use this, and I pray God use this wisely. And I want you to understand that I'm not glorifying anybody but the Lord. But when I was growing up in West Monroe, Louisiana, like any other 15, 16-year-old boy, I had a temptation to stuff called snuff. Y'all ever heard of that? And little boys in the country love that stuff. And I got hooked on it at an early age. And I began to do that stuff in my life. If you do it, I'm not preaching to you. Don't get under conviction. But I'm just telling you what God did in my life, okay? And one day I got hooked on that mess and I surrendered to preach. And a preacher came to me and said, Preacher, I don't know if you can preach and do that stuff. I said, Well, when God tells me to quit, I'll quit. And I preached several years. And I'll be honest, I never got under conviction about it. And I stayed on that stuff, and I stayed on that stuff. I said, if God ever called me to quit, I'll quit. And one day, I was sitting there in my office, and the Holy Spirit God came to me. And He convicted me. And I'm telling you, He tugged on my heart like I've never felt before. And this is what He convicted me of. Because I got so hooked on that stuff. And I relied so much on that stuff. That every time that I was having a breakdown, I needed that stuff. Every time that I woke up, I went to that stuff. Before I went to bed, I went to that stuff. And I fulfilled a longing with that stuff. And it doesn't have to be that stuff. It could be other stuff. It could be all kinds of things that the world gives to stand between us and God. And I'm telling you where I got wrong. I'm not here preaching about anything, but I am preaching if you let anything come between you and God, it's wrong. And that day in my office, God told me, Josh, when you go longing for that, I want you to long for me. When you wake up thinking about that stuff, I don't want you thinking about that stuff. I want you thinking about me. And when you are going crazy and you need relief, I don't want you going anywhere else but to me. I said, God, here it is. Man, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to take it from me. God's powerful today. 
And I want you to know He can break every chain. He can release anything in your life. I'm not here telling you that you're wrong, but I'm telling you if there's anything in your life holding you back from serving God, it's wrong. If you put anything before the Lord to fulfill joy and satisfaction, it's wrong. Jesus ought to be the pride of your life. I want you to know He ought to be at the forefront of everything that you do. I want you to notice number one. I better get to preaching. Stop meddling here. The understanding of contentment. The understanding of contentment. Paul stated that true contentment comes from having faith in God and living a godly life. I want you to look over in verse 17. He said, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being rich. But your riches should not be where your trust is. Your riches should not be where your hope is. Understand, a lot of people say, well, i got a lot of stuff that's going to get me through. You should not rely on anything to get you through this life except your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do not rely on your works. Do not rely on your job. Do not rely on your family. Do not rely on your finances. Because all of that stuff could fail you today. All of that stuff could let you down today. But I'm telling you from experience, if you put your faith in Jesus, Christ, He'll never let you down. He'll never forsake you. He'll never turn His back on you. And I promise you, when you run out of stuff, you won't run out of Jesus. <laughs> when you get to the empty, to the to the bottom of the barrel with stuff, man, I'm telling you, the more you dig into Jesus, the more you get of Him. I'm telling you today that Jesus can come in and bring some contentment to your life. That natural longing. Let me tell you something. That natural longing comes from God. And what people are looking for today is a relationship with a holy and righteous God. And understand the first place we got to go to is we got to have faith in Jesus Christ. And that ought to be the foundation of your life and your contentment. So many people going in this world, they're hooked on drugs and alcohol and sexual acts and all of these things, and they look for those to those things for satisfaction. May I tell you that only Jesus can truly satisfy your soul today. Only Jesus can truly bring you the contentment that you're looking for. Our trust, our hope, our joy, and the foundation of our life should be in the Lord. Do not put your trust in anything else. Do not put your hope in anything else. Do not put your joy in anything else. Put it in the Lord. Put it in the Lord. Notice what he said in verse 6. Notice what he said in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Living a godly life is great gain. Notice what he said in verse 12. Excuse me, verse 11. He said, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. He said, Don't follow after the things of the world. Follow after the things of God. So, number one, our foundation is we're to put our faith in Jesus. And after that, our enjoyment, our contentment, ought to come from serving the Lord. Y'all have heard me say this a lot. But I'm going to say it again. The only thing that matters in this life is what you do with Jesus. And then after what you do with Jesus, all that matters is what you do for Jesus. 
And let me tell you something. When I made Jesus my Savior, it brought me contentment. And then from there on out, it is about what I do for Him on a daily basis. And may I tell you, there is nothing more satisfying than serving the Master. There is nothing more satisfying that can fulfill that longing better than serving God. I'm telling you, we let stuff get in the way of serving God and we're, we're running after something and we're running to this and running to that. Child of God, we need to run to God. And we need to serve Him. Understand, if you're saved, you've got a desire to satisfy Him. It's going to be within your heart. And it ought to break your soul when you're not bringing Him satisfaction. Put on these godly things. Instead of putting on the money of the world and the possessions, put on the things of God. Put on godliness. Put on love. Put on joy. Let me tell you something. It brings great satisfaction to serve the King. And I mess up a lot. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm telling you. I mess up a lot. But nothing brings me greater desire than when I'm serving God. And I'm doing what He's called me to do. May I tell you, you can never go wrong by serving the Lord and living for Him. And living for God will bring you contentment, child of God. Living for this world will never satisfy your soul. But honoring the Master will bring you satisfaction and contentment. Oh man, the outward living of our salvation ought to bring contentment to our life. I want you to notice here in verse 7. Notice this. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain. I love that word certain. We can carry nothing out. Understand something about contentment. That all of this stuff we run to, and all of this stuff we spend so much time running after, we're not going to get to carry it where we're going. Let me tell you something, you can work your entire life and you can get, get and earn all of these things and you can have riches, you can have homes, you can have vehicles, but when you die, you will not carry them where you're going. I love what Job said. He lost his ten kids, he lost his possessions, he lost everything he had and he prayed, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. He said, I came into this world with nothing and I will leave this world with nothing. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Bless it be the name of the Lord. Most people, when they lost all their possessions, would curse the name of God. His wife did. His wife said, curse God and die. She said, Job, let's just end our life. Let's commit suicide. We don't have anything else to live for. We just lost our ten kids. We lost everything we've worked for. We have killed ourselves for this land and these possessions. We don't have anything anymore. Job said, I've got all I need in Jesus. i got all I need. And I love it when he was down at the bottom of the barrel and his servants turned their backs. He had bulls on his skin. He said that I know that my Redeemer lives and He stands at the latter days upon the ends of the earth. And though my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. You want, you want to know what brought contentment to this man? That one day he was going to get to see Jesus. That all of the possessions that he earned in this life, he wasn't going to take them with, with him where he was going. Let me tell you something. Saved person, you can't carry your money with you. Lost person, you can't carry your money with you. And all of the trophies and all the things that you earn in this life, that's wonderful. That's good. It has its place. But at the end of the day, you're not going to carry it with you. And all of the riches and all the stuff that we work for is like wood, hay, and stubble. And they're going to be burned up when the Lord comes back. May I tell you, we put so much stock in stuff. 
And when we get to glory land, God's going to make us realize that stuff didn't amount to a hill of beans. People are killing one another for stuff. <laughs> They're killing each other for stuff. They're killing themselves for stuff. People, families are separating for stuff and possessions. Let me tell you, that stuff is not cannot follow you where you're going. But only the things that you've done with the Lord can follow you where you're going. Lost person, let me tell you, that money's not going to help you in the end. May I tell you, though that land's not going to help you. That job's not going to help you. Only a relationship with Jesus is going to help you. Let go of that stuff and grab a hold of Jesus. Grab a hold of it. We've all been guilty of looking at that stuff. Notice what he said in verse 8. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Now he explains when it comes to the physical things of life, to be content with the necessities of life. God has provided everything, amen? God's good. I've never gone without a meal. may not look like it, but I promise I haven't. I've never gone without a meal. I've got clothes on my back. I've got shoes on my feet. God's been good to me. And as God's people, we've got to learn to be content with the necessities of life. God has given us everything that we need. But preacher, I don't have everything I want. And that's where we mess up. We must learn. There's not anything wrong with getting things. But it is if you put it before God. Understand this this morning. Listen to this. Listen to this right here. There's nothing wrong with all of that stuff. But some people can never be happy. Some people can never have enough. And we know people, and we may be those people, that nothing is ever good enough. And if nothing is ever good enough, you will work yourself to death. But let me tell you something. If you grab a hold of the Lord, He's good enough. And He's enough to fulfill a longing. I'm telling you, Jesus is enough. You know what happens when we don't want to live with what we just need? We begin to live above our means. Listen to me. It's getting dangerous. It's getting quiet too. I love talking about money to Baptists. They get quiet, man. (laughs) When you get to that place that the necessities are not enough, it's real easy to get to the place where we live above our means. Because we want this, we want this, we want this, we want this, we want this. And before we know it, we're in debt up to our eyeballs. Understand, that will not bring satisfaction. It will not do it. It will put you in debt and you will owe man and that will put you in bondage. Don't owe man anything, but give all that you have to the Lord. Understand this. We shouldn't put ourselves in debt to anybody. Understand, borrowing money is not wrong, but borrowing money in a place where it puts you in a position of bondage is wrong. It is wrong. Amen? It is wrong. Because Jesus needs to be first. And sometimes we get this stuff and it puts us in bondage. And God's people ought not live in bondage. We ought to live in liberty and freedom. Man, I love preaching on money. Y'all get so quiet. It's great. Man, I'm telling you, money's not going to do it. This stuff is not going to do it. It brings sorrows. It brings, it brings all kinds of stuff that we don't need in our life. A life dedicated to Jesus is what brings you contentment. A life living for the Lord is what brings joy to your soul. I want you to look in verse 9. And I want us to look at the underestimate of contentment. If you're with me, say Amen. 
says in verse 9, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. I love how you use the word drown men. It suffocates them. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This world clearly underestimates contentment. We need to understand that contentment cannot be bought or purchased. Paul is clearly teaching Timothy that true contentment will never be found in money or stuff. Money will always bring us back empty, wanting more, while God can bring us back full and satisfied in Him. Understand that these things that we long for so much will not do anything but bring bad to us. When the things of God are meant for good, the things of this world is meant for evil. And let me tell you something, child of God, when we we go chasing the other stuff, it's going to bring evil upon our life. Notice in verse 9, But they that, which, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and to many foolish and hurtful lusts. Nowhere did Paul say that being rich is a sin. He never said that having money is a sin. He never said having stuff is a sin. There's not a sin to have stuff. It's alright to have a bass boat. Well, I figured I'd get amen on that. But it's alright. It's okay to have some of these things. It's alright to, to, to go to some of these things. Nothing is wrong with that. But here's the problem that we can run into. Being rich and having stuff can turn into temptation. And this stuff can come between us and God. And there's nothing wrong with stuff as long as you don't let it stand between you and the Lord. As long as you don't let it get in the way of you serving God and having faith in Him. There's nothing wrong with stuff if you put stuff where it deserves to be. And that's where I get wrong and you get wrong. Is we take stuff out of context and we let it become something in our life that God never meant it to be. I want you to know anything can be good. Amen? You, God can use anything for good, but the devil can use anything for evil. And I'm telling you, those things that God meant for good, the devil can turn it and make it for evil in your life. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. But it is when you let it stand in the way. There was a rich young ruler that came and met the Lord one day. He said he wanted to be saved. He said, I've done everything. I've done everything. The Lord said, you like one thing. He said, sell all you got. A man turned around and he denied the Lord. And he walked away because his possessions meant more to him. Friend, that's wrong. When stuff means more to us than our service for the Lord, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And that man turned away from Jesus that day. And one day he went to an eternity in hell because he loved stuff more than he loved Jesus. Let me tell you something, when it comes judgment day, that stuff's not going to fight my battles. That stuff's not going to redeem me. But oh, the precious blood of Jesus is. It's going to, <laughs> when it all counts and matters, it's going to stand the test of time. And when all of them possessions are burned up, His blood's going to be thriving. Oh man, let me tell you something, get a hold of Jesus today. Get a hold of Him. I want you to notice what He said in the next verse, and we're going to be done. Notice what He said there in verse 10. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Here's the problem with riches and stuff. You can let it get in the way that it turns you away from the Lord. Notice what he said in, in verse 10. After they have erred from the faith, it turned them. It got in the way. And here's the problem. The love of money is the root of all evil. The word root means the beginning of. The love of money is the beginning of all evil. Do you understand that the love of money is the root of wars today? you understand there's wars fought because men are hungry for money and stuff and lands? Do you realize there's confusion everywhere we look because of the love of money and the love of stuff? It is the beginning of confusion. It is the beginning of wars. It is the beginning of a life of sin. May I tell you, nothing ever good came from a man or a woman waking up loving money. And let me tell you something, there's wars fixing to be fought if we don't watch out, because some men just love money and they love power. And I'm telling you, our life will be ruined when we put everything that we have on money and possessions. Notice, it is the root of all evil. When you go back to the evil in this world, when you go back to the evil in this country, how much of it goes back to money? How much of it goes back to stuff because somebody wanted more money or more power or more this or more that. And I'm telling you, people are killing each other and they're warring over money and stuff. And I'm telling you, this stuff does nothing but bring misery. Oh, I wish people longed for Jesus like they longed for stuff. <laughs> oh, I wish we would turn that stuff and get rid of that stuff and turn to the King. Oh, would we get our eyes off of stuff? God's people messed up every time in the Bible when they got focused on stuff and not focused on the Master. Oh, we need to focus on Jesus. Is it the reason? Is He the reason you live? Is He the reason you're alive today? Is He the reason you get up and go to work every day? Listen to me. Is He the reason? If there's any other reason that you get up and you have motivation to go, it's wrong. Jesus ought to be the center of our life. He ought to be the preeminence of all that we do. And all of our decisions ought to be made off the simple fact that I love God first. And everything else can take a back seat to Jesus. Have it all. Have it all. Because I'm telling you, Jesus, oh, He's sweet. And He'll bring you contentment. Brother Chuck, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus. I've tried that old world. I've tried that old stuff. I've tried that old junk. It didn't do it. But Jesus did. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way. My parents would come to me and they'd try to tell me, Son, you can't do this, do that, do this, do that. And I was so hard-headed I wouldn't listen. But I'm going to tell you something. My parents raised me to know this. That this stuff won't do anything but bring you misery. But you can rest in Jesus every day. And I've learned the hard way and I've put my faith and trust and stuff and my hope and joy and let me tell you something, if your joy is wrapped up on stuff, you're not going to be happy very often. 
But if it's wrapped up in Jesus, He'll satisfy that joy every day. I'm telling you, if your happiness depends on your circumstance, you're in trouble today. Because your circumstances will drive you up a wall. But Jesus will bring that joy and that satisfaction. Young couples, it's not worth it. If you gain the whole world, if you gain the whole world, then what? I give anything for Jesus today. It's not worth it. Please listen, it's not worth it. And I've regretted when I've turned to stuff, but the day that I turned to Jesus, I've never regretted that day. I never regretted the day that I put my faith and trust in Him. And those days that I woke up in the morning and said, Jesus, I'm going to follow You today, I've never regretted those days. But oh, I can go back and say, Lord, have mercy, what have I done? Stuff. There's coming a day that trumpet's going to sound. And it won't be that stuff that steps out on the clouds. It's going to be Jesus that steps out on that clouds. He alone is the Savior. Would you stand this morning very quiet, very reverent. And if you're here this morning, you need to be saved. I want to encourage you to come down and let me show you how to be saved. The most important thing in life is what you do with Jesus. Child of God, what are you doing for Him? Child of God, listen. In your mind and in your heart, answer this question. What have I done for the Lord recently? What have I done for Him? What have I done to bring Him glory and honor? When's the last time that I said yes to the Lord? You know the answer. These altars are open. I want to encourage you to hit these altars. If you have a decision to make, y'all come as she plays. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Would you make those decisions this morning? As she plays, you come.